afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rock Solid, your comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. Hold your questions, please, guests. So we got we have two guests. Oh. He needs a little. This guy needs a juice in his cans. No, that was a Jenna Jameson uh, porn movie. Juice in my can. <laughs> juice in my can. Um, I'm Pat Francis. Across the table from me is oh, I'm I'm uh, Gary Lucy and. Uh, Matt Belknap is also here. He's hello, hello, hello. Matt Belknap. I'm trying to figure out. Which... Oh, my cans are down now. Yeah, got a can down. Hold on, can down. Mine are hot. My cans are very hot. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I'll say. Uh oh. Uh, Guess who that is? Win a prize. Pat, uh, we got. Better? We don't. We don't want to grab ass around here too much at the top. Cause no, because we, we got. We got. We have company. We have two guests. We want to get right to it. But uh, the, uh, I do. I do want to say that uh, I've been reading. Like all the magazines have their fall music preview things coming out now. All the new uh, big albums that are right. coming out. And everything. But the thing, I, the thing that I think is most exciting musically happening this fall, uh-huh. Barbara Streisand's going on tour. That's right. Would you if you if you had a ticket, would you go see that? Oh yeah, I'd go see Babs just to say uh, just to check it off my bucket list. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you think she still has the pipes? I think she does have. the... Are you talking about her cans? <laughs> no, I'm talking about her pipes. Her singing. Yeah, I'm I think about so. Her tailpipe. I think so. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I don't because I don't think if she did. Well, excuse me, sir. Except that your bucket list has an F. Oh, oh. oh, Preston! Preston, Preston. We're mm, other room slam please. from off mic. <laughs> We're uh, better than that, Preston. Come on. So today, uh, anyway. today, uh, Matt's here. Matt's working oh, overtime hello. producing because we have five people around the table today. The uh, the music the music <laughs> tune jerks are going to meet the comedy film nerds. Yeah, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini. Adam, hey guys, yeah, welcome, fellas. Great to be here, guys. You, we have wanted to great, have you guys. Great on. might be a strong choice of words. <laughs> Go ahead. We wanted to have you guys moderately on. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, we had you in the books once, and then we bailed, and and so you know we we finally got you in here, so we're we're happy. And uh, if any, we're going to talk about classical music. No, we're not. Because Pat, uh, music and movies they go together since. Uh, the days of Al Jolson. That's right. Let's talk about Al Jolson from the time to, uh, from the, even before talkies. Yeah. Music was part of mu- movies. It was played live in the movie theater. Look at that history. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to watch The General without a guy playing piano right next to the screen? You can't. True that. True. Graham, do you know what The General is? Yes, I do. Okay, it was one good. of the first movies ever made. <laughs> absolutely it Buster was. Keaton. I know you guys don't. Yep. By absolutely. the looks on your faces, but yes, absolutely. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you seen it? But actually, it's great. It holds up. With but, uh, Keaton in The General. App yeah. fucking great. Now, it's when the silent movie theater used to be the silent movie theater. You could go and see those movies with a live piano player only a few years ago. Yeah. And it was like the original guy from back in the day, right? It was. Yeah, he was 114. <laughs> he, he loved it. He's the Yoda of piano players. Mm, a proper melody it is. Come on. Impressions. <laughs> now, uh, you guys have uh, your own podcast, right? Yes. And you have, uh, <laughs> yes. You have a book. A book. We you have do. a book. The Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies, where um, comedians and writers each take a separate movie genre and break it down, uh, analyze the genre, and then do a top ten and a bottom ten for every chapter. Now, you guys, everybody loves to go to the movies, but what is that tipping point of when you become a film nerd, would you say? Well, when you know like what the general is, <laughs> that, that is what makes you a film nerd. <laughs> I was and thinking, you've seen it. Yeah, you've with seen a live it piano several player. times. <laughs> yep. you, 
That's what makes you a film. I think the, the you know, the... And could you please answer in the form of Jeff Foxworthy? Uh, <laughs> you know you're a film nerd when you know Greedo is a pussy. <laughs> I actually met, this is so funny you said that, because I was just in Philly, and we're, Chris and I are going back there, September 5th through the 8th, and uh, <laughs> a plug. A plug machine, Jenny plug machine, and uh, there was this, like, southern guy who was at the show who was a big, like, I obviously, you know, you go on the road, and, and you meet what the podcast fans are, and the film nerd fans, you know, there's there's kind of a specific type, but there's also, it, I, I get surprised all the time, there's this big redneck dude. And he was just like, yeah, man, Han shot first. That Greedo was a pussy. <laughs> he just went, I was, and he was, he was so knowledgeable. He's like, hey, man, the force is, binds us all. Ain't no midichlorines, all that nonsense. And I was just like, this guy's amazing. Could you you sign my kitten hands. Yeah, you sign my kitten hands. Y'all are great. I love them dumb accents y'all do on the show. We're all like, hello, governor. I love it. He's going on about the Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. Well, y'all, y'all know that... Uh, Seven Samurai, basically the Magnificent Seven Western was based on Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. It's the same principle, man. You Brenner's great. You might be. If then you found that he was on call because he was a neurosurgeon. He was a neurosurgeon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, gotta go. Hey, rocket science. What the hell? Yeah, I gotta go fix a brain. <laughs> so, Pat, what are we gonna do today? How well, we gonna today we're obviously together? gonna we're gonna talk about our favorite soundtrack songs. Now, I had I had requested original. Soundtrack songs, which uh, three of the four of us did. Uh, <laughs> Pat, there's a guy. I'm sorry. There's one guy. Who, but but I got to tell you, but the, the things he did pick are, are, are good anyway. So we're going to give him a pass. And is because great. here's what I His think. His name's Graham Elwood. All right. Since I know, I, from the moment I walked in, you've yeah. been on my ass about <laughs> no. this. No. Um, I, I, and I knew what you meant. You wanted original songs. But to me, when you just say soundtrack. Right. It, 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 the, the sound, like... Uh, the soundtrack of the new Dark Knight movie, I loved. I yeah. loved how it was used and not used, and to, so it's not just you know, uh, Eye of the Tiger or whatever. Pop right. songs, pop right. songs, yeah. because because I, I, it's nice when a pop song. But to me, like but that's more the score than a song. In some cases, technically yes, but but in the the, the two the two examples I picked, mm-hmm. that score. And those songs... Well, those are iconic, so the, the, we'll get to yeah, those. And, yeah, and, 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 and I understand why you picked those. And um, I can't wait to hear the picks now. I'm intrigued. Yeah, this isn't... Yeah. It's already controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Choices. That's yeah. what yeah. I do. You, oh, me. damn. We're out of time, guys. Oh, so uh, we're going <laughs> to... Wow. You know, we have, seven-minute podcast. Yeah, we have four people on it. It goes quickly. I thought we were going to play some songs. I well, guess you we need, can't. need room for commercials. <laughs> So, uh, Gary, I'll, how about, we'll just go around the table. We'll start with Gary. Oh, we'll start with me. Okay. We'll come to me. We'll go to we'll go to Graham and then and then Chris. Want to do it that way? Uh, okay. Go around the horn? That sounds good. That, what were yeah, you going to say? You had a different take on it. It'll be easier with... Uh, no, no. That's, your way is less confusing. Okay. Um, now, lately, <laughs> soundtracks are... It's just like maybe like some, you know... Uh, Leftover tracks from a popular band, you know, that right. they try to put together and sell you a thing. Or it's but just a collection of popular songs. Yes, exactly. Uh, with uh, Bad to the Bone is usually worked in there. Yeah, Bad to the Bone is usually worked in there, definitely. The most overused song in soundtrack history. It is the You Do the Math. You do the math. Yep. But this is kind of more 60s style. The Whites Brothers, who gave us American Pie, they did a great movie with Hugh Grant called. Uh, about a boy. Oh, that's a great movie. And they uh, let, they handed the soundtrack over to a film named Badly Drawn Boy, 
And this is uh, uh, the hit single from that. It's called uh, Something to Talk About. All right. Rock solid. You guys know this? You guys like this movie? soundtrack you will love that thought we were going to hear the whole entire album for Sorry. a second gary <laughs> never felt so long that's before. a great that's a really good movie uh hugh grant and tony collette um and breaks your heart tony it's collette. it's 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 so great and uh that that the minute i heard the just the, the opening like bars of that song um it it brought me and this is what a good what soundtrack does it brought me to the emotional place i was when i saw that movie of being uh, raised by a single mom and and agreeing with what this kid was going through that that ar- that argument um, that uh, Hugh Grant is having with Tony Collette where he's like you daft hippie <laughs> you know <laughs> and and he's like you're sending your kid to the slaughter and and I was like I, that that's again what makes a good theme song is it emotionally brings you to the movie what you got from that movie where you were at in your life when you saw it and that that's why that's an excellent film I think I was just getting chills hearing your recreation of it that is <laughs> no I like that, that. Was- no this is why these guys are here because we want we want film talk interspersed with tune talk tune talk tune talk and film talk alright who's up is that you Pat yes at the five I'll also say that movie is based on a Nick Hornby novel and he wrote a little something about music and he wrote High Fidelity too which is also a great movie that's another great and on the flip side also so same director as uh, Golden Compass. <laughs> That's uh, one strike against. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you can see where, like, hey, some directors are really good at certain things, not so good at others. <laughs> and I, I love to um, uh, Hugh Grant. This is his. Um, his narration was like, I break my life into units of time. 20-minute units of time. <laughs> Going to buy CDs. One unit. <laughs> hair, getting my hair cut. You know, he's just... And the, the whole... The, the great thing, too, which relates to this, because it's it's there's a music kind of element to the film, is he's rich because his dad wrote some cheesy jingle. Yeah, song, yeah. And, and he'll like... It's like, look who's coming round the bend. <laughs> Santa and his reindeer man. It's, it's, just so, it, it, it's one of those movies that has such great moments in it like mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you just uh, as the relationships progress it's a really good movie I remember the one moment where uh, you know they're exchanging gifts mm-hmm. and uh, the kid gives uh, Hugh Grant's a character a book about uh, taking care of kids and he goes is this a joke and he goes yeah all right, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, 19 more songs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sorry. For, that's okay. This I'm is kidding. what we do. We the first, we're going to uh, go that deep on every single one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we won't be able to go that deep. Deep on that because it, uh, it was the opening one. And now uh, the rest of the songs, we're just going to go, yep, I liked it. And we'll move around. <laughs> oh, wow. All no, right. I'm kidding. Uh, so the, this is the, the first song I picked. Uh, I don't know another song that is more essential to the movie itself because – 
if you don't like this song, uh, uh, you need to like this song because the whole entire movie is about this song. And they and they did it perfectly. They nailed it, they yeah. nailed it because yeah. every time you heard it in the movie, you got into it mm-hmm. the way you're supposed to. This is that thing you do. Oh. That was the O'Neaters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Steve no. Zahn is great. Yeah, in that movie. I just oh. I love that movie. It's such a feel good movie. I just love how they captured the the time period, and I just love that it becomes a hit because the drummer just happens to speed it up on his own. And it's uh, I love that I love the song. I love the movie. I mean, Tom Hanks directed. I think it's one of the first movies he directed. Yeah. He wrote, yeah, he wrote it. The first one. And he just he said in an interview, I just wanted to do a movie about all the bands that weren't the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he that did. whole all that what that and we all know this in showbiz all those near misses and i mm-hmm. you know and that was it was great yeah it's fun to be in the game you don't have to be a success yeah you just gotta yeah. play now the, the the kid who plays the the drummer hugely appealing i don't know why tom everett scott i know such I know a great i, I, I don't know career. why he didn't really break out big because i thought he was usually appealing too it's weird i know steve zahn broke out of that yeah um but i well, don't know he, he'd done a bunch of Things before that, Steve Zahn was like an indie every indie yeah. movie. Yeah, he was in he, suburbia. He, 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 yeah, his his cred was slowly um, growing. In fact, that's probably what helped him get the thing that you do. Yeah, when I saw that thing you do, I thought, and I saw Tom Everett Scott. I go, wow, that guy would be a great Peter Parker. Oh but, yeah, but totally. The casting companies are not calling. It's a casting company, right? <laughs> it's a casting company. <laughs> they're, they're not calling me. <laughs> the when, Sears Casting Company. <laughs> whenever it's on, I, I I always watch it from whenever it's on, and I'm hoping to catch that one speech that uh, Liv Tyler gives. Towards the end, about uh, oh, anyway, it's good. Just watch, watch that uh, thing you do. Oh, Tom Hanks you're at not, the end when you're he's not going to recite the whole speech. I was going <laughs> to, but then I was going to have to make that's it. That's a great through. speech. And then when Tom Hanks sums up everyone in the band, yep. And then when he says, "I'm not out of order, you're out of order." That's, <laughs> that's, that's the greatest part. Awesome. <laughs> this town needs an enema. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, Graham, you want to look and see what your first song is? I just uh, I'm playing him in the order you sent to me. Do you remember what it is? I believe it is. You can look right here. The that one. Yeah. Okay. You want me to talk about it? Sure. All right, ramp it up. This is all right. This is one of these uh, hot one hundred. Hot one hundred same shogs. Where, as we were just talking about, you took a little umbrage at the fact that it's not an actual uh, <laughs> pop song, but it, to right. me, it's an iconic thing from a movie, and it it sums up to me what the is whole it thing danger is. zone from Top Gun. This is danger zone. It's highway <laughs> playing, to the playing with zone. the boys. Metal under tension, begging you to touch and go. Oh, go. Trust me, Graham has one of those in, in, in this list. So trust me, it's killer. Um, go ahead. 
so uh, yeah, and it's one of those movies again that that the minute I hear the music, I know exactly what it does. It brings me to the place where I was when I first saw this film. I was like a teenager, and um, I love the story. And I know some people. It's based on a burn. The it, the movie. It's the natural, and and so a, a lot of people like Alan Havey, who wrote in our book, hates the movie because it goes against what the Bernard Malmud book does but uh, Barry Levinson who made the film was very much like look this we aren't making the book page for page we're just making a different version of it and the Holly they, they gave it a Hollywood ending which is a lot of usually I would be like why I'd be so mad right but it's just amazing and Robert Redford is great in it and uh, it's got uh, Wilford Brimley and um, I forget the other coach's name. God, I'm not so stupid. Um, but anyway, it's the it's the theme from the natural. Let's hear it, Randy Newman. Randy played guitar. <laughs> Yeah, and if you if you actually watch the movie uh, and get the actual orchestra version rather than that. 80s disco version that you guys got. <laughs> I, took, I took this right off the soundtrack. I did. On iTunes. That was the radio edit. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I took that right off. I took that right off the uh, iTunes. I bought that uh, on iTunes. Natural soundtrack. Okay, you're lying. We faded out before I'm not. the vocal came in. I'm totally not lying. You got a natural in me. <laughs> Baseball is great. You got a natural in me. <laughs> no, the movie. Uh, the, the the cast of this film: Glenn Close, Kim Basinger, Wilford Brimley, Barbara Hershey, Robert Prosky, Richard Farnsworth. All from memory. Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking at my IMDb uh, app. And uh, Richard Farnsworth, who's one of my favorite underrated actors, is one of my favorite movies, The Gray Fox. Um, so I, I love The Natural, and just hearing that, I got chills, and it reminded me, it, it was one of those movies I would watch when I would like need inspiration when I was like in high school or college. <laughs> <laughs> Get fired up. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a great story, and he's, he's, he's this broken down guy that gets a second chance, which is uh, why we do our podcast. That's why we're all here today. <laughs> Chris, Chris Mancini. Mancini. We're Chris Mancini. Chris Mancini is up. Do you remember what your first song is? I don't remember the order. Did that give you a hint? Uh, make it up. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one. Okay. Why don't you just say This it? is a... Uh, uh, the movie Legend was a... That's uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Okay, guys. It's Legend. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I remember the soundtrack to this movie. The whole thing, Legend, was like a Brian Ferry, Tangerine Dream. It was like uh, it was like a big deal. It was like they, it was the one of the first times they were not only selling the movie, but no, you got to hear the soundtrack with Tangerine Dream and Brian Ferry and John Anderson doing vocals. And the movie turned out not so great. However, the uh, the the music to this movie was really really amazing and it, it each song kind of blended into the other one the brian ferry song stood out a little bit um is it is your love strong enough is that is that was that was the brian ferry song but the one i picked was uh love by the sun which yeah. is uh, a tangerine dream song with um uh, john anderson from yes doing vocals and it just kind of captured for me like that childhood 
uh, fascination with fairy tales and legends and all that stuff. It's all the stuff that the movie didn't capture <laughs> was actually captured into this song. And I will say the uh, the ver- and I got I swear to God I bought this from iTunes too. This has uh, Katie Campbell on vocal. <laughs> it says it's credited to Brandon K. Vero and Katie Campbell, but it's still a great song. John Anderson sounded like yeah, yeah it sounded me, a lot like this is like some song pop bullshit. Yeah. Where they pulled a <laughs> totally remake not. on you. What? Totally I Why sing- is Jessica Simpson singing and The if, Little Mermaid? And, it, yeah. <laughs> and if it is John Anderson singing, no one until now has bothered to send an email to correct it. That's right. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's called. No, that's John Anderson. You know what I'm starting to remember now? Actually, it comes back at the end of the soundtrack, and John Anderson does like the reprise and credit theme like or something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it the, is. But uh, that's definitely was not John Anderson. Here's here's my story about Legend. I had never seen it, uh, so they just released it on Blu-ray la- this past year. So I'm like, I've never seen it. Buy it on Blu-ray. It looks amazing. Buy it. I bought it. Mm-hmm. Watched it. Yes. Sold it <laughs> on eBay. Glad I saw it, but uh, great practical effects. Yes, great practical effects, <laughs> and uh, but uh, just didn't. Uh, when just you have get, to say get, practical effects, <laughs> you are. Uh, you know, we always find the silver lining somewhere. Yes. Sometimes you got to yes. dig really deep. Right. Great but makeup, you, guys. Hey, great people makeup. work just as hard making a bad movie as they do making a good movie. Probably harder because they're trying to save it. That's right. You're probably. Like, oh, right. This is horrible. What can we do? Yeah. Gary, Tim, Carey, Tim Curry was in that makeup chair for probably six to eight hours a day. Yes, thinking this is going to be great. Great, yeah, and it looks—he looks, he looks incre- incredible. Speaking uh, of bad movies, yes, uh, Brendan Fraser was in a remake a few years back with uh, what's her face, the model. Uh, you know the model. From yeah, what's her face? What's her face? Yeah. Uh, called Bedazzled, and uh, oh, Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley, stunning. Actually, it wasn't that bad. But if you got to go back and check out the original, it's it's a uh, it's like a Faust story it's where with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, Peter right? Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah, and uh, uh, Peter Cook plays the devil. Dudley Moore is in love with this uh, woman that he works with at his restaurant, and uh, so he he signs a deal with the devil. He wants the woman to fall in love with him. But when you make a deal with the devil, Pat. Uh, he he gives you what you ask for, but not always what you want. Doesn't so, always work out. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. You think, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of his wishes is he wants to be a pop star, Dudley Moore, because then you know everybody loves pop stars. She'll love me. She'll love me. So uh, the devil makes him a pop star. He's on top of the pops or whatever, and he sings this song. He's pouring his heart out. I, th- I think the song is called "Love Me." It's like really <laughs> desperate and everything, and people are screaming and stuff. But then right after that. The devil comes out with his band, and he sings. <laughs> of course, he does. He sings, and he's uh, he's a little more detached. But his song is way cooler, and it stands up to this day. There's a great cover by Bongwater of this song. It's called "Bedazzled," and uh, we have the original version for you uh, right here. Is uh, Peter Cook on Rock Solid? So groovy. Ha, 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 ha. 
Then he says, you filled me with inertia. <laughs> See, and then he's, he's playing hard to get. Then the girls go even crazier for the yep. devil. Sorry, Dudley Moore. Basic psychology. And yep. you, you also watch that scene, and you're like, oh, there's got to be some inspiration from Austin Powers. Yes. As, as you're watching time. this scene, like, okay. For you know. sure. Like 60% of Austin Powers right? comes from. <laughs> was from that scene. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that brings us around the horn to Pat Francis. All right. I'm going to go to 1999. This is a song that was uh, nominated for an Academy Award. But it was uh, beaten by uh, the fucking Phil Collins Tarzan song, <laughs> You'll Be In My Heart. Amazing. I cannot believe that this song uh, did not win. Uh, this is from Toy Story 2. Oh, it's called yes. When She Loved Me. Oh, it's, this is so I know, written by Randy Newman, recorded by Sarah McLaughlin. And this is the part of the movie where uh, cowgirl Jessie is thinking about the, the moment when uh, her owner uh, stopped playing with her. And uh, I might cry <laughs> right now. Oh. <laughs> this, this gets me. Uh, when She Loved Me. Go ahead. On rock solid. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart. And when she was sad, I was there to dry her tears. And when she was happy, so was I. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. That was beaten that out by the thunder drumming of adult <laughs> contemporary artist Phil Collins. <laughs> you know, you never knew Randy Newman actually had range after listening to songs like Cars. Yeah. You know, maybe he needs other other people to maybe interpret needs, it. Maybe he needs other animated soundtracks to work on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that that song gets me every time. Oh. I'm going to move around the horn to... I don't even know what to say. You need a minute. <laughs> Short uh, people have no reason to live. Uh, <laughs> Graham, do you know what your next song is? you want me to, to I, tip it for you? It's this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Now, this is um, this is another one that you probably want. Graham didn't understand what I was asking. This is him. a great song, though. I'm going to tell you, this is a great song, but the movie is from 1999, and the song's from 1966, so you missed it by 33 years. So I was right in the wheelhouse. But, um, this but, is uh, another one, though, when you hear it, you're like, it's you great. just right into that Exactly, movie. and that's that's what I was doing. Um, uh, was I was like, what movies, again, like... When I hear this song, what does it take me to? And this is uh, Making Time by Creation, which takes me into Rushmore, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie. And it's a, Own it. It's the best Wes Anderson movie. And he makes a lot of great movies. Here it is. Making time. Shooting the Everybody leaving. 
you know, hearing this song made, made me want to go and, and, and listen to some more songs by the creation, see what else they have in the, in the uh, well, catalog. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very specific um, time when they made that in the 60s. But the thing I also wanted to get into, which is something that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of, is Mark Mothersbaugh did the original music for that, but right. he also picked all of the... Uh, the songs like this song from Creation nice. that were like uh, there's a bunch of great songs in there. Uh, there's the Cat Stevens song. Um, there's a Peter Gordon. Yeah. Is there a Kink song in there? Maybe. Yeah. There Kinks is a Kink song there. in there. And again, that's an integral part for me uh, of making a film. Is is and it's you know filmmaking is a collaborative art, and you assemble when a movie's done correctly. You assemble all of these experts. Who are in all their various fields, the cinematographer, the makeup, the costume design, all that stuff. And, and, uh, soundtrack, you know, music selection is an, a huge thing. It's also, there's a business side of it, the clearance aspect. Yeah. How much can you get these rights for and all that stuff? And Mark Mothersbaugh, you know, these songs that he's selecting in, in several of the Wes Anderson movies are, He's finding the less popular song from a really popular artist, the, right. the little more obscure song, and which which is what the characters in Wes Anderson movies, right. specifically Rushmore, is 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 you know Max is this weirdo obscure kid that's a go getter, but he's he's just off a little bit, and that's it speaks to the whole the whole piece. It paints the it's, whole picture. Yeah, that's still that my favorite. Point, um, that's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Still, it's, it's flawless. That movie yeah, is flawless. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'll watch that anytime. But. Uh, did it pull you out of uh, Royal Tannenbaum's at the end there when it's a uh, Hey Jude? Yeah, well, that's the problem with Royal Tannenbaum's, which is still a good movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his his misfires are still excellent, but the problem with Royal Tannenbaum's is he had all these big name actors in it. The mm-hmm. whole cast was big name, whereas like uh, obviously Bottle Rocket, there's no names in there yep. other than James Caan, and and Bill Murray is really the only name in Rushmore. Which makes it Bill Murray's character needed to be kind sure. of a name because his yeah. character had this stature. But the Royal Tenenbaums was all these famous people who you already sort of know them doing something else, and now they're trying to be Wes Andersony. Right. I would have just cast Gene yeah. Hackman and yeah. left the rest of them. A lot of those actors too in Royal Tenenbaums, they were getting a little bit too old for that shit. They <laughs> <laughs> said that. Yeah. Danny Glover. The um, who do you think's better? Uh, Wes Anderson or Quentin Tarantino at the uh, song? Uh, song well, well, I think Tarantino, when he writes the script, he knows the song he wants and yeah. and, 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 de- and demands to get it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think I think they're but you, you but, have to give it to Tarantino because yeah. he's thinking the whole thing because yeah. in advance in advance and and this is not a slight on Wes Anderson. He just hands it over to like guys like Mark Mothersbaugh, which is fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, and Tarantino just has like I, more than one iconic needle drop. You know, right? Like yeah, 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 yeah. or yeah. like mm-hmm. you know the the thing from Kill Bill, uh, uh, whatever so, that crazy Japanese song uh, is, <laughs> just like so. And he has, <laughs> he, and, yeah, <laughs> no, Tarantino, we all four of us have just dismissed him out of this because it's just we just know. He's playing a different the, game. Yeah, he's playing a different yeah. game. Yeah. So he's not even included in any of our list today. But uh, the only problem with Mark Mothersbaugh is every time Wes Anderson is like, seriously, working in a coal, coal mine again? We're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your Devo stuff <laughs> out of here. And stop wearing the hat. That's right. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah, put, a, need it. put a plant in that and call it a day. Chris Mancini's up. Uh, this next one is from the uh, movie Last Action Hero. 
Chris uh, <laughs> pulling songs from great movies. Two yeah. 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 Again, and and this, is, this is why I picked because they're they're fascinating. Because when you have a good song in a horrible movie, yep. it sticks out even more. And, and Last Action Hero was one of those movies that I was so excited to see. Like Schwarzenegger, it's like postmodern. It's yep. got this cool fantasy element. It's going to have a ton of cool action in it. And it was none of those things. <laughs> it was a horrible movie that was a complete misfire. Although the soundtrack was a weird mix of like prog metal and all the mm-hmm. stuff written specifically for, for, the movie. The, for the movie. And I listened to the first half of it over and over and over again. I had like Queensryche and Megadeth, and I was like, yeah, this is a great soundtrack. They should have just let Dave Mustaine make the movie right. at that point. <laughs> and, and speaking of Dave Mustaine, I don't like Megadeth, but I do like his politics. Sure. Yeah. So that's, I just want to clear it up right yeah. there. Yeah, and the guy that wrote Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? Right. And, uh, Killing and the, is my business, and business is good. Yeah. And, then the, and then the song Angry Again. I'm like, how are you supporting Romney again? <laughs> right. I would have loved to have been in the room when that transformation happened. Right. Like, where, like, I just wrote peace cells about anti-establishment and stuff, and now, okay, you know what? I need a tax cut. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is from uh, Last Action Hero, Megadeth. Angry Ang- again, because it, it's always, you know, Dave Mustaine at that point was constantly angry yes. about being kicked out of Metallica, Metallica, everything. I mean, so you felt like, oh, he's he's just writing a song about how he feels. It, that's why he yeah. came around. And, and he's a ginger. Yeah. He's got red yeah. hair. He's a ginger. Yeah, so exactly. that's just another reason. <laughs> The only exactly. confusing part of that title is the again. So you were not angry at some right. point. <laughs> How is this? But you're constantly <laughs> uninterrupted anger. Magic ticket my ass, McBain. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all felt that way. Yeah. Constantly. Um, I felt that way again. when I saw Graham's list of songs. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I had to drive from the beach to the valley. That's what I did. <laughs> no traffic Sunday. <laughs> Go ahead. It's uh, you're you're up, Gary Lucy. I love these. I love how it's going today. We've had we've had instrumentals. We've had uh, Megadeth. We've had uh, Tears from Sarah McLaughlin. I'm not going to lie. This one's a bit of a downer, Uh-oh. but it's a uh, it's it's another one of those highway robbery at the Oscar things. Uh, nominated for uh, best original song in '97, uh, I believe. Loses to some hack who we've never heard of again, Celine Dion. Dion, Dion, something. Oh, that one of those boat movies. That, the the yeah. boat movie where the, yeah, that was yeah, Speed Two. Yes, exactly. yes, Speed Two. Right. Right. I, I think I know exactly what you're going to play. You're going to play Go the Distance from Hercules. No, <laughs> no, okay. Close. Yeah, she likes that is Mar- that is Mar- underrated, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like uh, Bloaten. What's that guy's name? Michael Bolton. <laughs> Michael Bolton. Bloaten. Bloaten. I went Michael with the given name. Bloaten. You just invented. A great mad TV character. Yes. Let's go back in time. <laughs> so I know what you're going to play. So let's yeah, that's when Michael Bublé goes. God, that guy is awful. <laughs> I know. Uh, of course, I'm representing Elliot Smith from Goodwill Hunting and Miss Misery. I'll fake it through the day with some help from Johnny Walker Red. Send the poison rain down the. 
soundtrack to get it's got all your elliot smith standards on there between the bars and say yes and stuff it's got that and it's got the foo fighters doing their version of baker street you know it's a downer song when the uh, singer is whispering (laughs) (laughs) again it's for me it's one of those songs that emotionally brings me right to the place of that film and that song just captures the pain uh and torment that's that's masked you know by by Will Hunting's, you know, tough guy street yeah, persona. Yeah. That song is like that is the theme of what is internally going on with him, his abandonment issues, how he can't commit to Skylar, this awesome girl, and he's afraid. And then that that they play that song as he says, "Fuck it, I'm going to go drive out to California. I got to go see about a girl." Yes. And there's that great line where uh, Robin Williams goes, oh, "Man, he stole my line." I know that wasn't <laughs> in the script. That's a comic. <laughs> oh, he stole my line. <laughs> a little ironic coming from Robin Williams. Saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that on on Christmas Day of uh, 1997 at, at the Lloyd Center in Portland. It was mm-hmm. like a it was like a Portland celebration. It was Gus Van Zandt and uh-huh. and uh, and Elliot and uh, and and uh, and America's love affair with Matt Damon began on that day. As it did, excellent mm-hmm. uh, excellent actor, great it's movie. Never ended, and it hasn't ended. <laughs> and America's befuddlement with Ben Affleck's <laughs> career choices. How do you like the them apples? <laughs> That's crazy. It's a great line. It, it really went sideways for Mini Driver. From there somehow what happened uh, you know she's yeah. she's amazing in that it's it, it is it is curious you know she's she, great in gross point blank she too. said she's had a she had a bunch of good movies and then i you know uh, who knows you know th- that part of it might just be you know hollywood's like she uh, what 29 get her out of yeah, here yeah exactly oh she's gonna be 30 yeah. kill her <laughs> renew renew that's a logan's run reference. <laughs> uh, but there's also a great uh casey affleck has and cole hauser as yeah. a great, those guys are great knucklehead buddies of his. And you oh see, yes, yes, yes. You Cole Howard, Hauser is my favorite bully in film history. <laughs> oh. like, dazed and confused. I mean, it's just awesome. Well, he learned from the best. Wings. <laughs> he's got his a dad. Wings Hauser. He's he's got a great scene in there where uh, Casey Affleck goes, quit antagonizing me. And he goes, ha ha ha. And then you just see a quick thing in his eyes where he's like. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll kill you, Casey. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, uh, hello. We're going to jump into it. This is a small movie. It's just a, a fun little teen movie that I like. And since I, I worked in many a record store uh, throughout my life, uh, this is a movie called Empire Records. Yes. And this is a song uh, written by the Gin Blossoms with Marshall Crenshaw. And this is uh, from the same ilk of, as that thing you do. This is called Till I Hear It From You. Told me at first I'd laugh, but now it's sinking in fast. Whatever you told me, well, baby, I don't wanna take advice from fools. I'll just figure everything is cool until I hear it from you. Went to number fifteen on the Hot 100 pop charts. Pat, methinks uh, you owe Graham an apology. Like, wasn't that wasn't that a hit that was uh, happened to be on the soundtrack? It wasn't vice versa. Uh, uh, it was from their first album. No, it's not. 
So fuck all of you guys. <laughs> Jim Blossom. That's an original. That's, that's not. That's not on, for the movie. That's not on any Jim Blossom's album. That is only on the soundtrack and maybe a greatest hits now of the Jim Blossoms. Right. But no, that was that's fascinating. A, I did not know that. A, well, it, yeah, so you band. shouldn't have spoken I, up. I, I've spoken out of turn. with such anger. I, uh, I some, don't some, make me go mistain on you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I think Gary. I think what you were thinking of is every other Jim Blossom song. Yes, they all sound the same. exactly. That's what Honest you were thinking, mistake. and that I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah. oh. They uh, to, to me, you hear that, and I just go ah, the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I hear Jim Blossom. But to me, when I got to tie a pledge. Around my waist and go stand on a roof. <laughs> yeah, but the Jim Blossoms aren't in that '90s. They're in the '90s with the Counting Crows. No, but the the style. I mean, like if you saw that movie was so '90s. You know, yeah. it's like crazy. That's when it was cool to get famous and then kill yourself. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that. Should song. come back. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go to uh, Graham, and here's your hint. That's your hint for this song. You know what it is? Yeah, I okay. do. I do. Uh, and I, this, is the the yeah. this is the original right, version. This is the original version. Again, just this, like the natural was. This is this is the same thing. This is going back into my childhood, and this is a song that the minute you hear it, you know exactly what it is. I'm not even going to tell you what movie because as soon as you hear it, you will know what I'm talking about. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's Jaws. <laughs> Jeez, I can't. I'm not quite sure what this is, and I can read it right in front of me. Mystic Pizza. <laughs> no, this is this this. You, you can see the letters flying yes. out into the screen at you. This elicits emotion for me. Anger. It's John Williams. <laughs> and there you go. That's good. And 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 again, it's it's that thing like. It's so big, it's so Hollywood, yeah. but it was Superman. That's, yeah. What, yeah. that's who Superman is. It had to be big. It had to right. be big, and they had, the cast is amazing. Uh, a little oh. curious, a little curious about, about um, Otis. Otis, the Otis character. That's like, Awful. all right, that was dumb. But Gene Hackman's a great Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando is a crazy Kyle, <laughs> or Jor-El, rather. Kidder uh, could have been a little hotter for me. I like a little bit of hotness in my Lois. I don't she, I, she was. I think she had it. She had that. Sexy, what year was that? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Yeah, yeah, she was seventies hot. She was seventies yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah. And Richard Gilmore, Lauren Hutton for my seventies hot. Oh, all right. Oh, look at you. But Lauren Hutton, you know what? Lauren Hutton is too classy, too sophisticated. She's yeah. too. You should have emailed the casting no. company if there was email. <laughs> well, like that. what is what? Is, yeah, I could have written. A, maybe sent them a telegram. Yes, yes you should have. <laughs> Uh, no, that's that's an iconic. So that's a good. I, I, that's a good choice. Yeah, I want to show you something though. While you're here, look. I want you to look right here. And for our studio audience, <laughs> this is look at this. Okay. That's what's that's the natural soundtrack. And look right here. Look what I purchased. The natural from the original soundtrack. So don't give me this <laughs> bullshit that I played a version yeah, yeah. that you didn't uh, you didn't uh, agree You're with. Right. Nothing on the internet is incorrect. <laughs> this is on iTunes. Inter- oh, iTunes couldn't be incorrect. No, big companies are never wrong. Well, it says, kind of it, just it says the it says the Palm Strike Dance Party is number one selling album. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's that? right. <laughs> okay, uh, it's also available as a ringtone. Oh, oh that's oh, good. Palm Strike Dance Party. <laughs> Mancini. Uh, this next one is actually from a good movie. I thought I would I get the bad ones out of the way first. Uh, this is from the single soundtrack, which is also, when you have Cameron Crowe, you know the soundtrack's going to be a huge part yeah, of the yeah, movie. Right. And uh, it was a mix of original songs and then a couple that were pulled from just popular uh, um, songs. So uh, I picked Dyslexic Heart. 
because it was a uh, it was a pop song, and but it was the kind of pop song that you're like. Okay, it was Paul Westerberg right. that uh, when he did it, it was like I understand pop songs, and I'm making almost like a meta pop song. It's like here, here, here's my version of a pop song. So it was like it's light, it's fun, it's it's bouncy, but at the same time, it's like he knows that this is light and fun and bouncy, and it has that kind of like uh, I know what I'm doing uh, kind of wink in it, which I which I kind of liked. I had totally forgotten all about this song until it popped on your list, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I've been reintroduced to this song. Uh, that was a song. good call. That is a great song. Talk about 90s. And, that, that, uh, that goes up against Gin Blossoms for, like, yeah. ultimate it, it 90s. Actually it actually does. It actually does. I should point out that uh, proceeds from today's show do go to the American Heart Dyslexia Association. Dublub, <laughs> <laughs> dublub. But uh, Paul Westbury, he's like, like, no one loves the replacements more than me, but he's definitely one of those guys... Greatness called, and he was in the shower. I think you know what I mean. He's yeah, just like just barely, like he almost got there on the last ring. I know. You know, he's got some great solo work. He's the Oneiders of real life. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and people who love him love him, but he just doesn't have that household name value. Yeah, yeah it's the Ramones. Kind of felt sorry for him. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're driving around a packing van. <laughs> Do you remember uh, what the name of the high school was in uh, Heather's? Uh, Westerberg House. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Named after him. So Did he's got that going it, for him. Just guess. Wow. He's, going to, he's got that going for him. Exciting. <laughs> Gary Lucy. Oh, hey, that's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> are we on NPR? <laughs> I really feel like this is an NPR. My sweaty balls. Matt, let's uh, skip ahead to my uh, next uh, one. Um, well, your, yours aren't in order. So okay, oh, sorry. No uh, skipping never mind. On my list. Uh, Woody Allen, you got to hand it to this guy. Uh, he likes to uh, sleep with his daughter. <laughs> but And he likes the gin blossoms. And he likes to do it. He's kind of a genius. In the 60s... Uh, uh, maybe we're going to drive around this town and chase the cops around? That's the worst Woody Allen impression about to ask heard. who you are right now. <laughs> he made this movie in the 1960s. Wait a minute. Woody Allen makes movies? Yes. Okay. Uh, it was called... Oh, House uh, Road. I remember that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what that is? That's, that's hey, jealousy. Because you are... He went to Arizona State. <laughs> he went to ASU. <laughs> now, he made this movie called What's Up, Tiger Lily? Okay. Great and what movie. it was is... Uh, th- this is in the mid-60s. He takes a Japanese spy movie and rewrites all the dialogue and dubs it in and makes it right. a comedy about they're trying to find the egg salad recipe or something like that. And It's basically MST3K. Yes, yes. exactly. I will, and I will watch any pre-pedophile Woody Allen movies that are out there. So I'm on board with this one. So there's this one scene that takes place in a happening Tokyo nightclub. And everyone's got, you know, in this mid-60s, everyone's got, like, skinny ties and sunglasses. Everyone looks like Chow Yun-Fat or something like that. And they're just, like, dancing really hard and frugging and freaking out and go-go dancing and everything. But Woody Allen doesn't put in any, like, surfy spy music. No. He gets... The happy bluegrass sounds of the Levin Spoonful to play in that club. <laughs> so they cut to people dancing like that, and then they're hearing this song. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's the most Muppets that a song can sound like without having actual uh, hands <laughs> up, the, up the area. And that song called, is, that's Love and Spoonful. What's that song, uh, song called again? Uh, Fish and Blues, I think. Fish and Blues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it. a great movie. Interesting, yeah. And, you know, so, sometimes it, like, it works a little bit more as an idea than an actual thing, but it's, you just got to hand it to the guy. You know, for just even doing it, attempting it, you know, throwing it out there. Especially in the 60s. And then I I remember in the middle of the movie, like, they interview him. Would you like to tell everyone what's going on, Mr. Woody Allen? And he just goes, no. And then they (laughs) they come back to the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, I feel like, in a weird way, though, it was easier to do that in the 60s. Because it's like, anything goes. People are just Man, free love. (laughs) There was drugs. The rules were out the window. You the way you wanted. Didn't matter. Free love editing. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Woody Allen, come to think of it. That's what happened. Seriously. The year is 1995. Yeah. Jonathan Demme makes a movie that is very timely for the period. Johnny Demme. It's about AIDS. Streets of, it's called Philadelphia. The gin, the gin blossoms stepped up. <laughs> the gin blossoms step up with a song called AIDS Road. <laughs> AIDS Jealousy. So, uh, but this is, uh, AIDS Jealousy. <laughs> AIDS Jealousy. Um, so this is, um, this is the first time Bruce Springsteen was asked to write an original the first time? song. Wait a minute. How many times did he? How many times did he ask him? I bet other people had asked him before. Then, right? How many times, Bruce? This was the. uh, Let me tell you something. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm sitting around, and uh, a lot of times people call me up on the on the on the. I'm sorry. Are you doing a Woody Allen impression? On the the telephone, and they'll say, uh, "This cracks me up." They'll say, "Bruce, would you like to uh, write write a song for a movie?" And I say, "How much does it pay?" And they go a page one, two, three, thousand dollars. <laughs> so Bruce Springsteen, he's from the South. It's yeah, like he was yeah. Arkansas. Yes, that's exactly how Bruce talked. <laughs> so this is uh, Streets of Philadelphia. This is Bruce singing as if he were a gay man. So he actually adopts a character in this song. And uh, sure, he does. He's uh, it's kind of a French Schneider from the B fifty two accent that he adopts. So let's hear a little the bit. Three of- door slam. <laughs> <laughs> I was bruised and battered. <laughs> Couldn't tell what I felt. <laughs> oh, this is I was terrible. bruised and battered. I couldn't tell what I felt. I was unrecognizable to myself. I saw my reflection in a window and didn't know my own face. Oh, brother, are you gonna leave me wasting away on the streets of Philadelphia? I think 
that captures the essence. It's a very sparse song. I think we just experienced that thing Graham was talking about, about the transportive power of music. Right. How we're just grab-assing and giggling. Yeah, and then I'm just like, oh shit, this is heavy. <laughs> I just remembered. We, all, we were back in the theater watching that and like, fuck, this is a and, good movie. And uh, that won the Academy Award for Best Song in 93 and uh, had a lot of competition. It was up against uh, The Day I Fall in Love from Beethoven Second. <laughs> as, as, someone, as someone who's from Philadelphia, I will say that movie really captured what it feels like walk around in Philadelphia. Yep. And um, they actually did a really nice, uh, there was like a nice music video. They, they did yep. it up really, yep. really right. It, that song and that section of the movie and the, the uh, video captured the spirit of Philadelphia more than like the whole movie did like yeah. the rest of the movie thought oh well they're just kind of setting it in Philadelphia right. but it That's felt was like, weird but yeah. it felt like Philadelphia when Bruce Springsteen was singing it wasn't it weird that that movie was called Philadelphia and then the song was Streets of Philadelphia when the movie it's like it could have didn't yeah. matter that well, it matter where I it think was. because yeah. it's the city of brotherly love and we are seeing that there oh. wasn't much oh. so it was a bad gay joke is what yeah. you're not a lot of brotherly <laughs> it was, love it was a bad gay joke <laughs> <laughs> that's why they did it all I know oh, is, you know we should cast this man Chris Mancini brought AIDS into this podcast. <laughs> Isn't that Jason Robard says yeah. about that? That's yeah. my Jason Robards. It's really it's fantastic. No one does it. No oh, one does no, it. Robards. No <laughs> into our washroom. <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, Jason Robards. Uh, I don't like this guy. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Obviously, that's that was Tom Reagan. Hanks. That was, Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> that was gay Hanks. That's, that was gay, it was Tom Hanks doing a gay impression of Ronald Reagan <laughs> as Woody Allen and What's Up Tiger Lily. <laughs> okay, you are. Up, okay, and with this, okay, yeah, I thank you, Pat. Um, in in sort of this is the dramatic version uh, of what Woody Allen did with Loving Spoonful and What's Up, Tiger Lily. I just t- saw Pat do finger dancing, so I can't wait to hear what. This yeah, this song. is oh, yes. great. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Bruce Springsteen is a finger puppeteer, and he in no, the Elmo story. In the, so um, what the, what the the. the it's Stanley Kubrick takes a classic old movie from a musical. He takes Singing in the Rain mm-hmm. and then puts it in a Clockwork Orange, which is this sort of uh, dystopian dystopian future, uh, uh, this sort of scathing view of where we're headed. And he does this in 1971, and we're such a violent culture, and he does this, and, and crime is out of control. And so he plays, you know, Singing in the Rain during this really horrible home invasion, mm-hmm. and Malcolm McDowell plays this just lunatic. Uh, with his like evil buddy, so t- I-, I love I-, I love what he does uh, of taking a film that's singing in the rain, which is just such a fluffy musical. Twenty years earlier, nineteen fifty two. Yeah, Gene Kelly, just a great. It's which is a great film. Singing in the rain is a mm-hmm. great movie, yes. and and puts it. I, I love I, I love seeing that contrast because it's it's sometimes when a, a filmmaker uses a film uh, uses music to kind of I, I get a little annoyed when they. Try to tell me what emotions I'm supposed to have a little too much. Put put the song. Even when your therapist I, tells you that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how Gene Kelly felt when he saw this. Probably did not care I for it. I wonder if he saw it. Probably. I don't know. He might not have cared. I don't know. I don't know. I would have been curious to know what Gene Kelly thought of this. But it's. I but think it, it kind of everything seems okay with Gene Kelly. That's oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Here's but, my Gene Kelly. That's wonderful. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> let, me, let, let me tell you. It's just uh, singing in the rain. It's just wonderful. <laughs> I just love it. And then before we play this, I want to just make sure it's okay with Graham. Graham, I got the original 1952 version sung by Graham, Gene Kelly. That's. 
So I, want, I, want, no, I know I wanted the word version wanted song by the Gene Blossoms. Oh, come on. Did you say the Gene Blossoms? The Gene Blossoms. <laughs> they, they're a Gene Kelly, Kelly cover band. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. five guys dressed like Gene <laughs> Kelly playing Gene Blossoms hits. <laughs> I would do that. I would see that band in a high would too. Great like dancing. Now we're bopping around, but really on screen. This family's getting brutalized. Well, that's the thing that's going on. That's that's why it's so brilliant because you you can't help but bop your head to this. So he's making the audience so uncomfortable because we've sort of stylized violence in our society. And isn't it cute and funny? All right, we get it, Professor. (laughs) (laughs) I want 500 pages on this. What's sad is that, like, uh, over time, that movie is still, it's still, like, shocking in some ways, but in other ways, I think I saw it as a teenager, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's not, it, it doesn't have the intended effect anymore, because movies well, did get more and more Well, well for you, because you're dead inside, man. Yeah, yeah right. Well, that goes without saying, <laughs> as we all are, <laughs> for my generation. No, seriously, the Gene Blossoms are going to be playing uh, next weekend. Um, That's the great Bring your thing. one eye that was tattooed. <laughs> I can't believe we're actually getting through all the songs. Man. Mancini, you are up. Yes, this... Uh, I love saying Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is Hustle, uh, Hustle and Flow. Yes. Uh, this is hard out there for a pimp. And the reason I picked this is because, first of all, it's it's a good song. But when they won the Academy Award, it was the most excited I'd ever seen a musician <laughs> yes. in, in my life. And I was like, you know what? They deserve it. This is like, that's how, and even John Stewart, when he went up back up to the podium, he went, now that's how you accept an award. Yeah. And, there, and when they performed it live, there was like a thousand people on stage. Yeah. Yep. And they were up against uh, a song from Beethoven's Fourth <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> called <laughs> Puppy Cakes. I have a question. I don't know if you guys know because you guys know uh, a lot about movies and stuff. What, like, the year this was nominated, there were only three songs nominated, and the songs "In the Deep" from uh, by Kathleen York from <laughs> Crash, "Traveling Through" from Transamerica by Dolly Parton. But I mean, why isn't there five songs nominated every year anymore? Uh, they probably have to meet some threshold or something, right? Of total I guess votes or... I'm not sure. It might even be a little more arbitrary than that, or it's, it doesn't make like a certain amount of votes. But I, I mean, I think there should be. I think there should be. Yeah, there should five. always be five songs. Yeah. I mean, like the year that the wrestler was out, that that Springsteen song was not n- nominated. And I don't even know what year that was, but only like three songs were nominated, yeah, so travesty. it's weird. Yeah. But Chris, I, I want to applaud that choice. That was that was um, a good, uh, like it, it would have been so uh, like um, easy to go to Corny Town, you know, when yeah, you're yeah, making yeah. a movie about rap music. But that was that felt very authentic, and and it was and it was a strange twist on like kind of the that thing you do story of yep, like exactly. a musician trying to make it. Like wow, and yeah, that was uh, that that's was seven years ago already. And why am I yeah. rooting for this guy? Yeah, right, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, very but, much. Yeah, seven years ago already. I like that DJ Qualls. He's uh, he looks yeah. like he's going to pass out at any time. He doesn't <laughs> seem robust in any way. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, man. 
Uh, okay, loose. I'm going to go there. This is, uh, you know, the uh, teen movie anthem from the 80s, written by the same guy who wrote, What a feeling. I bet you didn't know that. Bam, bam, I bam. didn't know that. Offered this song to The Fix. They said no. Offered it to Billy Idol. He said no. With his lip up. <laughs> Offered it to Brian Ferry. He said no. And uh, finally, they're like, oh, simple minds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they said yes. And they said, hey. Hey, we'll do it. Uh, John Hughes makes the cut. one yeah i think uh, boy it just it just captures that the teenage feeling of just everything seeming so end of the world and profound and if you grew up in the 80s when you hear the song you just think of sitting in class yep you know <laughs> sitting, yeah. seeing in your high school right yeah all those all those uh john whose movies were shot in the north shore of chicago where i was going to high mm-hmm. school and so it was like i i had some people i went to school with that were in some of those movies oh, well. and they were all it was it was breakfast club Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Did he capture cool. the feel of that area? Yeah, he did. Perfect. He very much did. I mean, the, and the whole, like, you know, there's a lot. Of, it was called the suicide belt because um, these rich parents were all, like, professionals who were like, you've got to get into Ivy League schools and you've got to get good grades and all this stuff. So all these <laughs> wow. kids were offing themselves. Jeez. So weird to think he's gone, too. He's I know. Yeah. He had much more to give. How old, did he, how old was he when he died? He was not that I'll say 58 or yeah. something. Yeah, he was, he was young. But he had, he had stopped making movies years before. Yeah, yeah he would like script uh, doctor stuff, right? Or write stuff under assumed names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just, he kind of. It was Drillbit Taylor. That's what did him in. Drillbit Taylor. Drillbit Taylor, that's actually, right. One, one of the things that he said that was the most disappointing to him was Curly Sue. When um, when that movie didn't really do well, he felt like that was one of his best movies, and then he was like, yeah, you know, that's no. not one of his best. Well, that's what he was, <laughs> that's what he's in his mind. He was the, he really wanted that one to do well, and it didn't. So he just kind of started losing his passion for it. Wow, talk about a master of soundtracks, though. I mean, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the great. He should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just for having brought all these artists into the public consciousness. Yeah, and probably and, and a director that knows how teenagers think and can right. relate yeah. to him it was really he was a remarkable. Uh, filmmaker. Oh, and this reminds me on, uh, 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 please like the uh, Rock Solid page because uh, someone um, had some great information about the Pretty in Pink soundtrack that I'm not going to like r- regale you all with it here now, but there was just some <laughs> interesting facts about it. that uh, he's, kind of a, he's kind of a honk for OMD. He always tries to interject OMD into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting stuff, but uh, ch- please like us on Facebook. And uh, while you're on the computer, write a little review on uh, iTunes. Uh, Gary, we're not wrapping the show up. Were you wrapping the show up? I'm done. I'm going. No, but I was just, <laughs> we're going to play one more. I so. was just remember, we got one more round to we, go. We that, get, that was my last song, but now yeah. uh, I'm going to uh, skip my next one because I, I've n- I'm not going to take the, the abuse. I actually uh, like that song. I do, too. But uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to tell it to no, I want to jump to my last one because it's better. But you know what? But Gary has that same. You guys picked the same one. Which one? Your last one. So why don't we use that as oh, a play out? How about I'm if done. you give... He said he's done. I'm done. 
Oh, you're done. Yeah. Well, my, my, well, the one we're not going to hear is uh, was uh, you know if you have kids and you see a kids movie and sometimes there's a great song in it and I love the song from Shrek Two, Accidentally in Love, but don't play it. Oh. By the Counting Crows. I like that song. I got no, I got no beef with that song. Here, let's hear it. What? <laughs> so she said, what's the bad gin blossoms shit? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Turn it on. Uh, but my next song is from uh, a movie that uh, I'm hoping everyone liked. A movie called Once. Yes. And this is a song called Academy Award winning song called falling slowly Got a chill. Did you really yeah, get a chill? So bad. Because I did get a chill. Love it. Glenn Hansard and uh, Marquetta Erglova. <laughs> known as Swell Season. Swell Season. Yeah. What they're known as now. And, um, uh, they were up against uh, uh, Menken and Schwartz. They had yeah. three songs in it that year, all from Enchanted. Suck it, Menken and Schwartz. Because <laughs> some no names are going to rock your world. What's so awesome about that? Like most of the things we've heard, they're like movies with songs, you know, designed for the movie. That. Once is like an album that a movie was sort made of around, built yeah. around. Like it's so yeah. it's a great movie, but it's really like great because the music is so great. And it was best musical too. Yeah, That's what's right. next? Once on Ice. <laughs> 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 uh, this next one is is uh, so I had such a hard time finding this song. Really? But, yes, but I found it. And uh, Graham, go ahead. All right, this is uh, a, a Bill Conti song, um, <laughs> which is already you know it's nice. great. Uh, it's from one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures mm-hmm. of all time. It's a great movie. It's still, it's, it's great. It I, still holds up. It does. <laughs> it actually it does. I just showed it to uh, to Sarah, and she really we saw the remake, and then I go, you should see the original, and she really liked that one too. Sure. <laughs> um, it's it's amazing. No, I mean it, it does hold up. It does in, a, in the cheesiest after school special yes. way. Um, of course, we're talking about stoned. Uh, Scott <laughs> <Bayo>. <laughs> we're talking about Ralph Macchio learning how to become a karate master by <laughs> yes. painting fences. Right, <laughs> and this is the uh, the best song. This is that's played at the end of the big point fighting tournament, uh-huh. which is so funny now that we have cage fighting. It is the sissiest form of when you. Th- <laughs> Think about that. That was entertaining for children. It was like, oh my god, karate is in this movie. And yeah. like, well, it is technically no karate, but what happens is if you tap the other person, you, you get a point. <laughs> it's so, oh. it's like, so boring. Oh my god! And uh, the guy, the head of the Cobra Kai dojo, was a psychopath who <laughs> was training teenage boys to yep. be murderers. Uh, <laughs> and this is how Ralph Macchio defeats them: is with the help of this song. Yes, Joe Esposito. I don't know if you can tell. This is in the 80s. I don't know if that gives it away. What? Did Frank Stallone sing this? <laughs> Joe Esposito. You're the best. Around. Nothing's ever gonna keep you down. You're the best. Around. <laughs> Yeah, this is the, <laughs> That's the montage the where you see uh, his name move up the ranks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it 
It makes me. It makes me want to have uh, a sweep the leg. Yeah, it makes me want to sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg, but since I can beat him, you have a problem with that? Do you think that <laughs> get him a body bag? <laughs> Do you think they tried to get like a, like a popular artist of the time to record it? I mean, like Survivor didn't want to do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean Joe Esposito does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Couldn't they? Could, you know, Rick Springfield didn't want to do it. Lover no one. Boy. Lover yeah. Boy. I know. You think anyone who turns down? Well, Conti knew. Crocus. Crocus didn't want to do it. Bill Conti knew not to call Springsteen because he kept asking him to, if he wanted to be involved in the Rocky. No, 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 no. You know what? He asked me Rocky one, two, three. I said no. Yeah. <laughs> I think they. I think they asked Woody Allen. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really do be a, clarinet. a song for a movie with a number. Yeah. <laughs> this is Manhattan Two. Uh, it's a great. Also, and then um, if you want to have fun. Uh, Google uh, Sweep the Leg Johnny, which is a, song, a, a, a music video that came out like a year or so ago. And it's basically, it's a hilarious song saying that Johnny, who lost to Ralph Macchio, uh-huh. is living in a trailer and his life oh, is yes, over. Oh, yes, I just oh, that. It's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. It is worth watching. I say to riff. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you're going to... I'm sorry. Mancini is yeah. going to close it out. Uh, this is a, a Chris, let me from... give you a hint to the song you're going to play. Yes. <laughs> Crow. <laughs> this is a this is a uh, a song from the movie The Crow, and the reason I picked it is because The Crow is such a bleak, dismal movie and, and violent movie, and the song is actually hopeful. And that's kind of like personally, that's my formula for a great time at the movies: ninety percent dismal, ten percent hopeful. <laughs> yes, and then I'm very entertained. Describe this, this is, show. Yeah, <laughs> and this is called um, It Can't Rain All the Time. I hear them feeding. In the streets below and the, and the women cried and the, and the children moaning There's something wrong It's hard to believe that love will Seems a little Lilith Fair for a uh, kick fest, but it's, uh, it makes sense. I will. Uh, I got to tell you, for a bunch of dudes that haven't showered, we pulled out some uh, some emotional tunes. That we have. <laughs> we're in touch with that side. I'm telling you, we were thinking outside the box. There was no Footloose, no Top Gun, Mm-mm. no no BGS in there. Uh-uh. We didn't go the uh, the normal. Not a lot. Of, only one John Hughes song. We didn't really. Uh, we didn't go that route. With we this. should probably do this again then. We should definitely do it again. There's a lot yeah. to mine there. Yeah, there is now, a lot to mine. Uh, you guys are going to be. In Philadelphia, I think the week this drops, I believe. September 5th through the 8th, uh, we'll be at Helium Comedy Club uh, the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, I'm headlining Chris's featuring, and on September 6th, we're doing a live Comedy Film Nerd podcast recording. Just go uh, to either, yeah, go to comedyfilmers.com or grandma.com or heliumcomedy.com. Get you could, there. Do you guys have a quick movie trivia question you'd like to uh, shout out and so that people could win a copy of your book? God, I'm glad we didn't talk about this before we recorded. <laughs> you don't just have movie trivia questions in your head. All well, let's time. think of a specific movie we might have talked about today. All right, let's. Uh, you have to name the movie that um, George Clooney repeats. That he repeats this line over and over: "Take the shot, take the shot, take the shot." What George Clooney movie is that? Okay, um, and then uh, they should um, email the answer to 
to info at comedyfilmnerds.com. And you will get an autographed copy of our new book, Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies. The, the first one that has the right answer. First person that has yeah, the right first. answer. Yeah. So we will timestamp it. It pays to listen to Rock Solid. Uh, so, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, thanks to everybody on the Facebook. Everyone uh, get involved there. It's a lot of fun every day. And write a review, please, and tell all your friends how much. L- listen to the Comedy sure. Film Nerds podcast as well. To that while you're there. Yes. Like them. And the uh, write LA, a review. LA Podcast Festival, oh, yes. uh, October 12th through 14. Uh, Never Not Funny will be on it. And uh, yeah. LAPodfest.com. Get your tickets. Tickets now. available. Do it. Uh, I have a play out. Just for when you said the first. The first song you played, Pat, reminded me of this. Uh, that thing you do, you were saying kind of like, that song had to be good right, for right. that movie to work. This is another example of like watching this movie. I was like, um, this movie is just kind of okay. But when it, it, it had to do one thing really, really well to be watchable. And I feel like it nailed it. Um, this is from 8 Mile. This is actually the... F- oh, Joe Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> this is the final rap battle from, uh, from the movie 8 Mile, which you're like the whole time you're like is this guy like uh, you're kind of rooting for him but he's an underdog he's, he's like this white guy trying to succeed in like a world of of like underground hip-hop and uh and and everyone you know knows eminem but like it's still exciting when he actually destroys this guy yeah. at the end and it's like oh it's, it's really cathartic. one of the reasons is because it's not like an actor playing a rapper you realize he yeah. really can rap yeah, yeah. yeah and he probably went through that shit i think this is yeah i mean it was based on on his his and life story middle america roots for him because he's white <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if this this song this doesn't have a title really this is just the, the last scene in the movie all right Nine. 